If your kids don't have access to high-speed internet connections, they're not going to get a fair shake. That's Senator Mark Warner on a recent listening tour through Southwest Virginia. And Virginia Governor Ralph Northam agrees there's a real need for broadband expansion within the state. The Virginia State Council of Higher Education estimates that 200,000 K through 12 students and 60,000 college students in Virginia lack access to broadband at home. Many of these students are in rural areas. And that brings us to our guest on Virginia Technology Today. We are honored to have with us Michael Clemens, president of Gigabeam Networks, a last mile provider that is receiving nearly $920,000 to provide fixed wireless broadband to more than 1,200 locations in Montgomery County. Good morning, Michael. Tell us about Gigabeam and the broadband that you will be providing residents in rural Montgomery County. Well, thanks for having me. And Gigabeam was, well, I founded the company in 97, 24 years ago. We just had our, our anniversary at the end of March as an IT company and ended up getting into providing internet service, starting out in dial-up back in those days, and then into broadband with fixed wireless service in the early 2000s. We've grown the company from, from covering my hometown, which is Rich Creek, Virginia, to cover a lot of Southern West Virginia, Southwest Virginia, and a little bit of Eastern Kentucky. We're currently building fiber and fixed wireless networks throughout the area, all high speed, anywhere from 100 meg to gigabit service for the whole area. Montgomery County and, and the project that was just announced is going to be a, a fixed wireless network that is capable of doing gigabit service. Michael, great to have you on the show. And Kim, also, we appreciate you all joining us today. And I'm John Phillips, and today we're speaking with Michael Clemens, president of Gigabeam Networks. The Newer Valley, certainly one of the more rural regions in southwest Virginia, has struggled to get reliable high-speed internet to businesses and residents. And it's been an issue at the forefront of many of the local leaders' minds for a good while here. Certainly the city of Salem, the city of Roanoke, Roanoke County, and the county of Botetourt came together to create the Roanoke Valley Broadband Authority, which put high-speed fiber optic cable through the region. When it came time to have companies tap into the backbone and provide last mile service, homes and businesses, not too many providers stepped up to show interest. What is it that makes last mile such a daunting cost that keeps people out of the market? The biggest thing is to do with the density. Uh, you know, you have compared to a city to, to rural areas, you, you've only got so many customers and, and they're so spread out. It, it takes more infrastructure to, to get to them. So the cost to build that network increases and you have less revenue from it. So those numbers for larger companies, you need big cable companies, things like that. It just doesn't make sense to them. Michael, you've been in it for 24 years. I'm sure you've seen lots of folks tackle this type of a challenge. What are some of the alternatives that are out there and what do you think the solution is? The biggest thing we see is partnerships with localities to figure out these problems. Uh, that, that's the very first thing I, I worked on, at least in the past 10 years, to get to these really rural areas to help find the financial resources to make them feasible we're still investing money in these projects, but to make them come out even on them, so to speak, we need assistance with grant funding. So that, that's where the localities come into play. We try to build hybrid networks. We think the solution for rural broadband is a hybrid network. And that's you're basically building fiber in the core of, of the area where most of the population is and then come off of that network with fixed wireless to hit that last, last mile customer. 
You know, Michael, my parents grew up in Shawsville, Virginia, which is definitely part of Montgomery County and that place that probably could benefit some from the work you're doing. So I'm intrigued by the work you're doing and thank you for dedicating time and energy to it. It's so important to those communities. Governor Northam ran on a goal to have universal broadband across the state by 2028. Do you think that's feasible for the Commonwealth? I do. Actually, a lot of progress has been made in the past few years since he made that initiative. And with the VADI program, it's going very quickly now. We've got several large projects being built over the next few years. And really, by 2028, we should see a huge portion of the state completely covered with universal coverage. What is it that ultimately, though, makes it a sustainable business model? The biggest expense is building the network to, to begin with, and that funding helps to bring that cost down. After that, sustainability is possible by building it over a vast area. So, you know, like our network started out small, covering just a few communities. Uh, combining those to cover a regional area, the numbers start making sense, especially with your infrastructure being helped paid for up front. After that, it will be a self-sustaining business, and our models show that. In history, we see the efforts to bring electricity throughout uh, these rural areas and the necessity doing the same thing with the telephone systems, ultimately. And here we are 130 years later, and they're sustainable. Do you believe that that's what we're going through now? Will this ultimately become a utility? It definitely is getting to that point, yes, because it is needed for everyday use, just like uh, the phone was 100 years ago and power was and all those type things. I actually relate it to those eras uh, a lot when I talk to people. This is as important as a phone was in the early 1900s, and it becomes a utility at that point because it's needed for everyday life. You know, Michael, that's so true. And as a follow-up from this pandemic that we're all excited to hopefully move through very quickly with all the great things that are coming out with vaccinations. But if there's ever been a time that broadband has risen to the surface with everybody being virtual, everyone being home, our students being home and having to connect, have you seen more interest behind pushing this more quickly in order to provide that access at a quicker clip than what's been anticipated? Absolutely. Our demand for our product now is higher than it's ever been. It's definitely been a challenge to try to build it as quick as we can. And we are going at the fastest pace of growth that, we've, that my company's ever experienced. And we're doing everything we can to actually increase that even more for the next few years to basically connect as many people as we can as quick as we can over the next four or five years. So, Michael, is there competition now for what you're doing? Are there other um, companies like yours, or are you kind of still a unicorn in the rural communities here in southwest Virginia? There's actually more in Virginia than most states. I don't know the exact total now, but it's probably 20 to 30 companies somewhere in that area. West Virginia, only like three. Kind of gives you the idea of the differences there. Uh, but more are popping up every day because this is seen as a, a viable solution to rural broadband. With the emergence of Starlink, that's Elon Musk's satellite internet company. And Jeff Bezos also stepping in with a competitor in the near future. What do you think that means for rural communities and ultimately for Gigabeam? Well, for one, it's wonderful to see another option for people. And I think it will help, especially the extremely rural locations. A lot of places in Southwest Virginia that we practically cannot serve because it's back in wooded areas and, and wireless signal doesn't carry in there. We do not have fiber there. Those areas, satellite service is, is a logical solution. It's just another piece of the puzzle. 
it's not going to be a solution for every location in rural America, but it's definitely a piece of the puzzle that solves it. Have you seen a shift from the state support since we've been in COVID and through the pandemic? Have you seen more willingness to provide more state funds? Actually, Virginia has been wonderful about working to get broadband solved more than, than other states that I've worked with and, and read about. Uh, I think their, their VADI program is amazing. It has made a big difference in, in getting real broadband solved and, and really solving it in the future for everyone. Of course, since COVID, it, it has become priority one to everybody, not just state level, but local level and even national level. So you're seeing other funds being directed toward it, uh, some of the emergency funds, uh, CARES Act, uh, all those type things that have been going in to try to expand these networks quicker. Well, Michael, you've got a great company. You've been around for a long period of time. I'm interested in your entrepreneurial instincts here. What gets you excited about the future that you think will be really what brings these types of companies into new opportunities for expansion and development? The biggest thing is merging all these technologies together to make better service for everyone. You know, we have done different things in different places, you know, as technology has changed. And I've seen all of it kind of come together to build solid networks based on multiple technologies uh, like our hybrids, uh, working with uh, the Grayson Project um, where we've got Appalachian Power Fiber feeding the primary areas and then hybrid wireless off of that, to me, solves rural broadband. That's the biggest thing we focus on is building those hybrid networks from here on. Thank you, Michael Clements, president of Gigabee Networks for joining us today. And thank you also to our executive producer, Joey Self, for making the show possible and Thought Out Media for producing the program. Until next week, I'm Kim Blair. And I'm John Phillips, and this is Virginia Technology Today.